Anybody is a child of God in this house this morning? Yeah. Please be seated. Please be seated. Uh, the sermon is uh, Ecclesia being a church 365 days of the year, 366 days for you this year, right? How are we doing that? So this week, I made a phone call to one of our members um, because we are being a church. And uh, I haven't seen our, our church, some of our church members for weeks. And this is like maybe, you know, eight weeks. I say, no, I know this person. Uh, there's something going on. I need to call her. And so the Spirit of the Lord prompted me, and I called. And we talked. Right? And we shared our lives. And, and uh, it was a good fellowship, even in the phone. Right? But God gave me the courage to call the person to say, Hey, uh, did I say anything wrong? Did I say something wrong? Uh, oh, what's going on? And we are able to talk and praise God. And our goal is that we want to praise and worship God together. We have the courage to call people. We have the courage to get into their life and engage. Right? And the, uh, and the person is here worshiping with us this morning. Yeah. Right? Build relationship. You build relationship. How are we doing, church? What did you do this week? Did you have the courage to ask forgiveness from someone? Or you just let it go, right? We've been praying for uh, 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 a couple for two months now. And they've been having their own life, real life struggles, uh, taking care of life. But we've been praying because I know that I haven't seen that couple since the second week of December. But we do church together even when we don't see each other. We pray regularly. And they're here. And I want to thank God for that, right? That is doing church every day of your life. That is doing church every day of life. How are you doing? And today I want to talk about the courage to encourage. I want to talk about boldness. Why this is necessary in the church. And the scripture for today here in Acts <clears throat> uh, chapter 13. Uh, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and soul for the work of which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. This is the right hand of fellowship. Right? So when we talk about courage, are you ready? No, oh, I forgot. Anyone needs a bathroom break or anything? Right? I don't want you to miss anything because this is so important. How to do a church 365 days of the year. Right? So you ready? Yes. Good. You can put your phone on vibrate. Just check that it's not on ringer, you know. And you, you'll get shocked you know, when you're so listening to me and you get a phone ring. It's like, oh, right. I want you to pay attention. Good. There are two different kinds of courage. Okay? One of the courage is the courage to take personal risk for fame, popularity, or your personal gain. Right? The courage to take personal risk for fame, power, or your personal gain. Are you with me? That? Right. Let me give you an example. The risk. This is called the adrenaline rush. Okay? When you're adrenaline, you have this adrenaline rush. So when I was in school, uh, a group of our classmates during the recess went into somebody's farm 
to steal fruits to eat. Right? Uh, I didn't know I was stealing, but it's stealing now, very clear. Um, so we went in and we stole this fruit. My goodness, there was big farm. And as we were stealing, getting and eating, the owner came. Right? And now we ran out the gate. And I, your pastor is small, right? I mean, I don't have long legs. But the other guys, they had, they're taller than me, bigger than me. So I'm almost at the last. They're all running. Nobody's caring for each other. I'm like, whoa, what am I? And there are like other two students that are running behind me. I'm running so fast down and he's coming with his hand raised. I don't know whether he has a knife or an axe, you know. I said, I don't want to die today. <laughs> As I'm running the highway, I can see this, uh, the stream, right? And there is this big gap and I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, how am I going to escape? Right? In order for me to escape, I have to jump from the highway to the other side, and there is this big gap here. He's coming, looming nearer. There is no choice for me. I got to jump over that stream. So when I came down, I saw a little small opening where I can land. I mean, when you're afraid, everything's become very clear. You know, you see things so clear. I ran and I jumped. Somehow I landed on the other side. It's my adrenaline rush that made me fly. You know? When I landed there, I grabbed on the grass and the trees and ran inside and hid myself for a long time. See, courage is testing your physical limits to gain personal gain. That's one courage. That's the worldly courage, right? Because of the courage testing my physical limits to jump to save my life, I was able to overcome the fear of, oh, I may fall into the ditch and die. No, I was able to cross over it. Okay, so that's the first definition. Are you with me on that? All right. Now, the second definition is the spiritual courage, which I would like you to take it home today, probably. Right? This one is important. Spiritual courage is the courage to surrender your dreams to God. Spiritual courage is to surrender your dreams to God. That as you delight in God, He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this courage is the courage to lose the world so you can gain eternal life for your soul. And that is very hard. It's very hard to surrender your dreams and desire. But when you have that courage to surrender and your dreams and desire to God, then it is when God will start working in your life and you will begin to see fruits. But we are more, by default, geared toward testing our physical limits for personal gain and glory. So I want to, I want to climb... Mount Everest. That's testing your physical limits to see for what? Oh, Pastor Valui climbed Mount Everest. He's a great man. It's amazing that he could climb Mount Everest. That's for my personal gain. But when I surrender my life to God and say, God, I'm nothing without you, 
and I have the courage to actually step forward and give my life to Him, then everything changes. Are you with me this morning? Right? But sometimes we only talk about courage as doing something to test our physical limits. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be brave and eat a spider today. No, not that kind of thing. All right? Right? Not, not that kind of brave thing. The, the courage to submit to God. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about today. So, look at here. What did they do? Separate me, Paul and Barnabas. Do you have the courage to separate yourself for God's work? Paul and Barnabas had the courage to separate themselves from God's work. And this is going to take to a very, very adventurous journey for both of them. But they had the courage to separate themselves. I want you to have the courage to separate yourself for God's work this morning. Because when you do that, my, the dream of God is amazing stuff. I'm 50 years old. And uh, uh, the things that I've seen God, where does courage come from? You ask, right? Where does courage come from? My friends, courage, does, courage is not self-confidence. Don't misunderstand that courage is self-confidence. Courage is not self-confidence. The true courage comes from where? God-confidence. You hear me? When you experience the reality of God's help in your life, that's where courage comes from. It means that you believe that the battle belongs to the Lord and that God will give you victory. So your courage comes from God confidence that God is faithful, God is able, God is victorious, God is Lord, that He will do the battle for you, win the battle for you, fight the battle for you. That's where courage comes from. This is where David went to the Goliath and said, How dare you talk about my God like that? I come to you in the name of God. The battle belongs to you. Today you will be in my hand. That is where courage comes from, right? See? It's not the training. He can't wear an armor, my friends. It was too heavy for him. He couldn't get up, walk properly. He couldn't throw the spear, the shield, the sword. No, he couldn't do it. But where was his confidence? His confidence was knowing that God is victorious. God is our warrior. And he surrendered his life to him. That's where his courage came from. Oh, David, this morning. Oh, little David that you're sitting here this morning. Don't be afraid of the giants of the world. When you surrender to God, when you surrender your life to God, you have won the victory already. That is where our courage should come from, right? Amen. Now, are we clear on that definition? Oh, but it's so hard to surrender. Yeah. It's so hard to surrender. It's easier to test our physical limits. You know? Or is it just me? Is it, or is it just me? My wife and we are talking about this. Talking about uh, 50 years, you know, when, when you have the courage to surrender your dreams and instead delight in God. He will sanctify you and give you the desires of your heart. We have the courage. 
we have to have the courage to serve the Lord because the center of the cross is obedience. And Christ's courage, Christ's courage was not jumping off the top of the mountain, top of the temple. No. What was his courage? His courage was to do the will of God and went to the cross. That is the courage I want to have. That is the courage I want to have to give my life for the kingdom of God, to serve God, obey Him. And Paul and Barnabas were separated that way to obey God wherever He takes them. Right? That's the appetizer. Right? We're good? All right. Ready for main course? It's coming, right? We have the dessert also and coffee later on. So we have the whole bit here today. I'm going to serve you the whole bit. Right? So the next one is, look at this. Look at this scripture. And Barnabas uh, departed and looking for Paul. Right? Let me explain this. Now, when you see, we're reading from Acts 11 to Acts 16. That's our church reading. I'm going to preach from there. So you see that uh, in Acts 14 uh, and Acts 13, when they started this missionary journey, uh, the churches started growing. The Holy Spirit of the Lord has fell upon the Gentiles, and it's growing. Now, the news of this Holy Spirit falling on them, signs and wonders, reaching the air of the leaders in where? Jerusalem. Right? So they're saying, Wow, what are we going to do? Is this, is this true? Who is going to testify? Who is going to authenticate that this is happening? And the leaders in Jerusalem, James, John, Peter, the apostle, they, they said, Let's pick somebody to go and investigate this. Do you know who did they pick? Barnabas, the son of encouragement. He has the courage to encourage. Right person. So they sent him, and he went there. And when the Word of God says, when he saw the church that was full of grace, he was glad, and he saw the work of the Holy Spirit. And what did he do? He encouraged them with the purpose of heart to serve the Lord, to believe the Lord. The word courage comes from a Greek word, heart. Right? Now, who is the center of the heart? Who is the center of the creation? The center of the creation is God. The heart of a person, or of all of us, is God. When we are in sync and linked to God, then we have the courage. Okay? A God-shaped heart is a courageous heart. You hear me? A God-shaped heart is a courageous heart. And the heart of everything, the heart of you and I, is God. Is God. So, when Barnabas went to these churches, and he said, I encourage you with purpose of all word. He didn't say might. He didn't say wisdom. He didn't say knowledge. What did he say? Heart. You believe and follow the Lord. You get me? Proverbs says, 
A man is as he thinks in his heart. See? Jeremiah 17 says, God measures the heart. Right? It continued to say, uh, a heart is deceitful, deceitful of all things. The most deceitful thing in our body is what? The heart. And God weighs the heart. God measures the heart. If you delight in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Create in me a clean heart. You go and read on how God has talked about the heart. In Psalm 27, it says, Wait, be courageous. Then I will strengthen your what? Heart. God is interested in our hearts. But how can we become courageous when we wait on God? That's the first sermon. We wait on the Lord, then we will be courageous. Then unite on the Lord. Be consistent in the things that you're doing. Then you'll have a courageous heart. The other thing is, this is very important, church. So, uh, are you ready? Uh, so Barnabas was the main guy. Everyone was afraid of Paul. Nobody wanted to do anything with him. Even Ananias was afraid. This God, I don't want to do anything with this guy. He killed the churches. He killed the church leader. You're telling me to take care of him for three days? No, I, no. Right? And Barnabas is saying he is vouching for him. So when you read from Acts chapter 9, in fact from Acts chapter 6 onwards, till 14, whenever there is a mention of Paul and Barnabas, you will always read that it was Barnabas and Paul going to this place, Barnabas and Paul going to that place, Barnabas and Paul doing these things, right? In Acts 13 here, when he has gone to the church, do you know whom Barnabas came to seek? Paul, Saul, same name. Don't get confused, Hebrew and Greek name. He came to seek for Paul. You know why? Because he knew Paul was better than him. Paul was more gifted than him. And in order to grow the church, he needed Paul. We have to have the courage to work with people that are smarter than us. Do you hear me? You didn't hear that properly. We have to have the courage to work with people that are better and smarter than us. That is courage. That is courage. I have never ever come here and served to protect my position. That you can, I guarantee you on that. I haven't lost sleep over protecting my position in this church. Not ever. Because God calls me. Right? When he's done, he'll take me away to go to a different place. So when I serve here, I have never served my position. No. I haven't lost sleep over that at all. But we got to work on people working with. So from Acts 14, I need to finish that sentence. We got to work with people that are smarter than us. All right. In Acts 14, very interesting. After this, it changed. What changed? Every time there is a mention of Barnabas and Paul, it says now, now Paul and Barnabas went and did this. Paul and Barnabas went and did this. Paul became the big guy. Who made that happen? the courageous Barnabas who has the courage to encourage. 
That's church. That's how we do church. All right. Second serving? All right. Okay, some of you have second serving. Here, look at this. Oh, right here. It's right here. Look at that. See? Then Paul and Barnabas. It's no longer than Barnabas and Paul. It's changed. And, and they said boldly, you didn't listen to the gospel. This was to the Jew. And we have come now for the Gentiles. Very clear statement on what God wants them to do. Paul and Barnabas had the courage to encourage the Gentiles. What happened when they encouraged them? They were so glad. The Gentiles were so glad, and the church multiplied. Right. Next, here. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Because they had the courage to surrender their desire and dreams to God. Now they're doing signs and wonders. What is the meaning of Paul? You know, Saul, Paul. Do you know what the meaning is? It means desire. And Paul surrendered his desire to be the great Sanhedrin and become a slave and servant of God and see what God has done. He changed the world. He changed our world through Paul. Paul and Barnabas had the courage to edify the church. And I will share this, this one in Acts 15. When you come, there's a conflict in the church. What is this conflict? The church is growing, and they're talking. The conflict is, this is not a small dissension. Big opposition, right? Um, the Jews said to the Gentiles Christian, you can't become a Christian unless you're circumcised. Your salvation doesn't come. You have to be circumcised. Now, Paul and Barnabas, they are saying, no way. How do you say again? Like we say, no way, Jose, right? I mean, <laughs> this, no, this is not. But you have to know that Barnabas and Paul are not church leaders at this time. No. They were still very small people. The big guys are Peter, James, and John. See? Because when we, when we read the scripture, we think Paul and Barnabas started as a big guy from, no, they are not. So, they say, no, this is not, this is not what the Bible said. They are standing up. Courage to stand for the truth. Courage to stay the course, right? And so they said, go to Jerusalem. So when they came to Jerusalem, there is this commotion going on. And Peter has to stand up and say, I have seen the Holy Spirit fall upon Cornelius' family, right? And this background was given. And when Barnabas and Paul stood up, you know what happened? There was silence. And they spoke about what the Holy Spirit had done to the Gentiles. And everybody said, yes, now we believe that the spirit of repentance is also on the Gentiles. Great conflict was resolved because these two men had the courage to stand for the truth. When you try to please everybody in the church, it divides the church more. A true leader is the one who holds the, the unity of the church in truth, based on the word. Right? 
So what happened? There was this doctrine. The first doctrine of the church was laid out there. That they will not involve in sexual immorality. They will not eat food that are given to the idols. They will not eat blood and animals that are strangled. That's the first doctrine of the church there. That was it. There was no do, don't go to movie or don't dance. Those are Baptist doctrine. It wasn't in the Bible. Yeah. Your, your, you know, your pastor dance, right? The chief of the sinner, right? Okay. So are we, are we good in that? So let me end with this for you, right? Let me end with this for you. So all of us, when we get the first dream, right? A startup dream or a great idea for a book, a song, whatever, right? You are super excited. You're super excited. I'm telling you, your super excitement is going to meet opposition. Okay? You're, you're, going to, you're super excited. Your super excitement is going to meet opposition. Right? The other thing is, you are just enthusiastic. You're all gung-ho to get this project done. I'm telling you, your that super passion is going to meet persecution. What do I do then? That's what you're thinking, right? Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Stay the course. Believe and wait on God that He has already won the victory for you and surrender your dreams and desire to Him and see what He will do for you. This is... It has been in the news, so I want to bring this up. Mahatma Gandhi... Our president was in Gujarat. Mahatma Gandhi is from Gujarat. Okay? What did he say? What did he say about courage? He said, have the courage for nonviolence. Violence solves nothing. Right? Have the courage for nonviolence. If you have to transform evil with good, have the courage for nonviolence. He gave his life for that. You come later on to America and Martin Luther King Jr., right? What did he say about courage? He said, it is easy. It is easy to stand where you stand when things are convenient. When things are convenient. But the true measure of a man and a woman is where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. And he picked the non-violence idea of Mahatma Gandhi. Right? And he believed in his heart that all men are created in the image of God. And he had the courage to die for it. This is Black History Month. I want to give a big hand to our black brothers and sisters. Yes. Do you have the courage to believe that God will fight the battle for you, that the battle belongs to God. And if we don't have courage, because conflict defines us, conflict defines who you are, and the courage that you get during that time, if it is not from God, it may not have a good result. But if you surrender your life to God, the fruit will be a kingdom fruit. Worship team, please come.
And those who are going to serve in the communion, please come forward. So this is the table of the Lord. This is for everyone that believes in God, that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is for everyone who believes that Jesus died for your, for, for, for your sins, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day. Right? Um, and the table is invited to everyone. And um, after the communion, we will pray for you at the well. Our pastors and leaders are here. What are you going to, we'll pray for anything that is in your mind. We want to pray for you. The other thing is, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you don't want to come here to the prayer or at the back, use the Connect card. And to say, I want to give my life to Christ. Or for any reason. I want to join the church. I want to do baptism. You're right. We're going to have baptism next Sunday. Yes. Right? So, uh, amazing what the Lord is doing. And we're going to have baptism on Easter Sunday. Ready? We're going, I think we're going to have baptism on Palm Sunday. Right? So this is, I mean, this, the Spirit of God is stirring the water. Unstoppable. We worship an unstoppable God. He's a way maker. Right? I mean, He's a healer. Don't you believe it, my friends? Oh, yeah. Courage, courage comes from the Lord, right? So on the night that our Lord Jesus was going to be betrayed, what did he do? He took the bread. And he broke it. And he said, this is my? Yes, this is my body. Broken for whom? For you and I. Do this in remembrance of me, right? And the same night, he took the cup. And this is, and this is what? This is my? blood for what? for the remission of your sins and you do this in remembrance of me as often as you can the Baptist translated that as first Sunday of the month I, I don't know, you know so we are doing first Sunday of the month every Sunday alright um, so um, we, we're so glad to do it whether it's first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday right? We remember the death of Christ. I love to see all the joyful smile. This is only possible because of what Christ did for us. And uh, we had a beautiful card read from the pulpit last Sunday. And Julia is here. Give a big hand to her, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm going to ask Pastor Margaret to pray for the bread. And I'm going to ask Gary, our board president, to pray for the cup, the blood, right? Pastor Margaret, can you lead us in prayer? Lord, you do not have to do this. As God, you could have just stayed on, uh, in heaven. But you came down on earth as a human and uh, suffered like any one of us so that you can understand the pain the world is going through. And thank you for becoming human so that you can carry this big, big burden um, of our sins. Thank you for taking the courage to follow your Father's um, decision and just being in partnership with our Heavenly Father. So thank you, Jesus. We just want to say thank you for dying for our sins um, and for being courageous and showing us the path. Dear Lord, we just thank you just for the courage you showed 
to be obedient. Obedience on the cross to the to death, Lord. Hmm. Something you didn't deserve, but you did it for us because you loved us, Lord. We just thank you for the shed blood, Lord, that the cup represents, Lord. Um, shed for 